It's time to discover your spiritual identity with your host, Mike Shree. There are hundreds of names and titles given to God's people that powerfully reveal who you are, why you exist, and what your purpose is in this world. Each one pulls back the veil of a different aspect of who you are in Christ. Once you learn these names and titles and apply them to your life, you will rise up boldly to be all that God has called you to be. Are you ready? Here's Mike Shree. Welcome to Discover Your Spiritual Identity. This is a podcast that is focused on the names and the titles of the children of God. What an awesome and powerful subject. Many years ago, I was at a turning point in my ministry where I was searching for a relevant and powerful and meaningful revelation that would edify the body of Christ. I was fasting and praying over a period of a year that God would bring to me this insight that would be an empowerment for the body of Christ. At the time, I was studying the names of God, and that's a revelatory subject, to discover that he is El Shaddai, the Almighty God, all-powerful and all-sufficient, just awakens faith in you concerning his power to move in your behalf, to discover that he is Yahweh Rapha, the Lord, your healer, just awakens within you an expectation to be healed if infirmity or sickness ever comes your way. Well, while I was studying the names of God, God spoke to my heart very profoundly that it would be just as important for you and I as born-again, blood-washed believers to know our God-given names. I started searching in the Word of God, thinking I might find 30 or maybe at most about 50 names and titles that belong to us. Instead, I was I was shocked when I discovered over 1,000 names and titles that rest upon the children of God. Each one contains a unique insight into our inheritance, into our purpose in this world, into our destiny, both in this life and the life that is yet to come. So this is an impacting insight that is truly going to change your life in a very profound way. There's something going on right now in our world called identity theft. It's happened to me. In fact, uh, I got some gas at a gas pump in North Carolina a number of years ago, and within five minutes, that same number that I entered into the gas pump bought a refrigerator in Oklahoma and a spa treatment in California. Someone had stolen my identity. Well, the enemy wants to do that very same thing to every human being. And when a person gets locked into a sinful lifestyle, walking in darkness, walking in rebellion, the true identity that God wants to impart to each and every one of the seed of Adam is stolen from you. Instead of being a son of God, a child of light, you become a child of darkness and you walk in something altogether opposite to what God intended for you from the very beginning. Well, you've made the choice to walk a much different road. If you've decided to receive Jesus as Lord of your life, then you were born again. When you were first born into this world physically, one of the 
momentous things that happened was the application of a name. And one of the first things that you identified with as you grew up out of infancy was the sound of your name. Well, one of the first things that happened to you when you were born again, supernaturally reborn, is the application of these names to your life. Now, on this podcast, we're going to respond to those names and we're going to by faith, assimilate into our lives what those names represent or what those names reveal as an impartation from the Creator. On this podcast, we're going to be talking specifically about a name found for God's people in Deuteronomy 32, verses 9 and 10. This is actually talking about the children of Israel as they came out of Egypt and they were going through the wilderness of sin Uh, And the scripture describes how God protected them and provided for them. It says the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot or the place of his inheritance. He found him in a desert land, in the wasteland, a howling wilderness. He encircled him. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. I'm sure you've often seen that little phrase, the apple of my eye, on a plaque with the picture of an apple next to it, which is a total disconnect because this biblical reference has nothing to do with the fruit, the apple. The apple of the eye is another way of describing the pupil of the eye, which is the centermost part of the eye. It happens to be a hole in the eye filled with a liquid solution called aqueous humor. And I have been told by optometrists that it's the most sensitive part of the eye. It can suffer the most acute uh, pain upon injury. And all of these things are important to the revelation God is going to share with us today. Now, God told Israel that he kept them as the apple of his eye. Another version says he guarded them as the apple of his eye. Well, what does that mean? Uh, What does that mean to you in a physical, natural sense? The apple of your eye, the pupil of your eye, the part of your eye through which light enters in order to reflect an image on the back part of the eye so that you can see the world around you. How precious that organ of the body is to you, the eye. And so if someone were to strike out at you or lunge at you and try to hit you in the face, what would your first reaction be? You would try to guard your eye. You would throw your arm up and take the blow, much preferring a bruise, a temporary bruise on your arm, as opposed to a permanent injury to the eye. Uh, because that's precious to you. And that phrase, the apple of the eye, means someone very precious, very cherished. And God is first and foremost of all saying that you are very precious to him. He cherishes his relationship with you. But it means more than that, because see, God knew that the death blow of sin was coming your direction. The prince of darkness lunged towards you the moment you came into this world, and his intentions were to blind you permanently to the things of God. He and his underlings, his associate demons, plot against every human being in the world to keep them in spiritual darkness and blindness. But see, almost two millennia ago, 
God intervened in a miraculous and marvelous way. See, Jesus is referred to in Scripture as the arm of the Lord. In Isaiah 53, it says in verse 1, Who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Well, your arm is the extension of your body with which you perform the intentions of your heart. You stretch forth your arm to perform certain actions. Well, that's why Jesus, the Son of God, is referred to as the arm of the Lord. The God had stretched down into this wayward lost world to perform the intentions of his heart, and that was the redemption of the human race. Isaiah also described the arm of the Lord on the cross in uh, terms that I believe reveal the humiliation of what Jesus went through. In Isaiah 52 verse 10, the scripture says, the Lord has bared his holy arm in the eyes of all the nations and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. See, Jesus, the arm of the Lord was made bare. He was stripped. He was humiliated. He was crowned with thorns. He was nailed to a cross. He became sin for the human race. He tasted death for every man. But that was God taking the blow on his arm because Jesus was bruised for our iniquities. He was wounded for our transgressions, but he did that to guard the apple of his eye so that you would not be permanently blinded to the things of God. I don't know about you, but I feel such gratitude welling up within me. No wonder in Zechariah 2.8, God also said, he who touches you touches the apple of his eye. And that means if anyone, be it a demonic power or an individual human being who has pitted himself or herself against you, if anyone afflicts you or hurts you or brings damage into your life in some way, if you really are walking with God in intimacy, the Bible said it's as if that person has jammed their finger right in the eye of God. There is no quicker way of getting God's attention than to afflict one of his offspring. I'm reminded of how Saul, later to be known as Paul, was persecuting Christians. He was on the road to Damascus. He was intending to find every person he could that called on the name of Jesus and either put them in jail or torture them in some way uh, to get them to deny the faith. And as he was on the road to Damascus, a bright light came around him and the Lord Jesus spoke out of that light and said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And Saul said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you persecute. Well, Paul wasn't, or Saul at that time as he was known, wasn't persecuting the Lord Jesus. He wasn't torturing the Lord Jesus. He wasn't imprisoning the Lord Jesus. But when Jesus appeared to him, he said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Because the pain of his people was so real to him, it was as if he was suffering that pain himself. And see, that's the way God feels about you, and that's why he guards you. He keeps you as the apple of 
his eye. In fact, in Psalm 121, the Bible reveals that he is your keeper. I love that Psalm. It says, the Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. He said, nothing can pluck you out of his hand. If God starts a work in you, he will finish that work because he cherishes you. He loves you. You are the apple of his eye. Now, once we discover this, once we discover that God really is committed to us, and just like he said to the children of Israel, in the wilderness, he encircled them and he instructed them and he kept them as the apple of his eye. So he surrounds you with his glory and his presence. I believe the outermost part of the camp of Israel was lit up by the fiery pillar that hovered over them every night. And it was as if God's embrace reached around the entire camp of Israel. And I believe God's embrace reaches around the outer perimeters of your life. He encircles you. He instructs you. Just like he gave them the law. He gave them the Torah, the Ten Commandments, he spoke them from Mount Sinai and the expansion of the Torah he gave to Moses, who then delivered it to the children of Israel. He gave them that word to guard them and to keep them. He's given you the entirety of the word of God, all 66 books, because he did that to keep you from the contaminating influence of this world, the defiling influence of this world that wants to fill your life with depression and discouragement and fear and unclean but see, God's in the business of keeping that that belongs to him. Now, how should you and I respond to this? If God calls you personally the apple of his eye, how are you going to respond to that worshipfully? Well, I love Proverbs chapter 7, verse 2. This is where God says to his people, keep my commandments and live, and my law or my teaching as the apple of your eye. Just like you have become the apple of God's eye, now God says, let my word become the apple of your eye. And just like the apple or the pupil is the passageway through which light enters into the body, if you keep God's word as the apple of your eye, that's the passageway through which light is going to enter into your life. And if the apple area is the part of the eye that is most sensitive to injury and suffers acute pain when it's damaged in any way, so the most painful thing in our lives should be falling short of the Word of God, falling short or failing to walk in the revelation of Genesis all the way through Revelation. There's 7,487 promises in there that God wants you to apply to your life. And there's numerous commandments. There's 1,050 commandments in the New Testament alone that God wants you to submit to in your life and God wants you to walk in the revelation of. So when you do these things, you keep God's word, keep God's law as the apple of your eye. Now, one last thought. When I went back to the original Hebrew of this this phrase, the apple of the eye, I found out that the main word used was ishon, which literally means the little man. It comes from the Hebrew word ish that means man. And ishon means the little man, 
Well, I thought, how in the world could that mean the apple of the eye? It was just a mystery to me. I couldn't figure it out. It didn't make sense. And then one day, believe it or not, I was shaving. I was standing in front of a mirror. I was leaning toward the mirror and looking closely at my face while I shaved uh, so I wouldn't nick it. And I happened to look in the middle of my own eye, and there I saw a reflection of myself in the center, in the apple, in the pupil of my eye. I understood why God chose that Hebrew word, because I saw a little tiny reflection of myself. When I got close to my own image in the mirror, I saw a reflection of my own image in the middle of my eye. And if you're the apple of God's eye, he sees a reflection of his own image in you coming forth and manifesting in your day-to-day walk. When you choose to love, when you choose to forgive, when you choose to have joy, when you choose to have peace, when you choose to be compassionate, God sees in the apple of his eye an image of the Son of God emerging. And that's just a little bit of what it is to fulfill this calling and to receive the benefits of this calling in your life. Now, I urge you to go to my website, shreveministries.org, and uh, order the book, Who Am I?, and begin studying these revelations in depth of what it is to be the apple of God's eye, what it is to be his beloved, what it is to be the body of Christ, what it is to be the redeemed of the Lord, what it is to be saints, what it is to be the just. The list goes on and on. A chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a kingdom of priests. God wants you to understand who you are in Christ. So go to shreveministries.org and order your personal copy of Who Am I? Dynamic Declarations of Who You Are in Christ. There's 52 primary chapters where each chapter reveals one of the names God has given you. And I urge you also to sign up for my other podcast called Revealing the True Light on the CPN Network, Charisma Podcast Network. And that particular podcast is all about comparative religion, comparing the religions of the world and revealing the true light that lights every man who comes into the world. I look forward to our next session together. I believe that this is going to benefit you greatly. Find out who God says you are and then boldly declare, I am who God says I am. I am the apple of God's eye. Thank you for listening to Discover Your Spiritual Identity with Mike Shree, a podcast designed to cause a spiritual awakening in your life. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss new episodes. You can go deeper into this amazing revelation of the names God has given his people by getting your copy of Mike Shreve's book titled, Who Am I? Dynamic Declarations of Who You Are in Christ. We also invite you to visit our website, shreveministries.org, and sign up to be part of our global internet family, a group of on-fire believers who are bold to proclaim, I am who God says I am, I have what God says I have, and I will be what God says I will be.